Hello and thank you for listening to Talking Shop Insurance Innovators, brought to you by Market Force. In the build-up to our industry-leading event, The Future of General Insurance, we will be releasing the very best presentations from last year's conference, so you can get a taste for what to expect from the insurance event of the year. This episode features James Hillen, Products, Pricing and Propositions Director of the Cooperative Insurance, presenting the potential of the Internet of Things to transform the insurance proposition. Okay, good afternoon everyone. I'm absolutely delighted to be able to share my thoughts on this topic and I've got quite a lot of thoughts and really all I hope is that some of these resonate with you, some of these you find useful and you can uh, take them away. So without further ado, let's get cracking. So I'm going to start with a disclosure that I really, really believe in the transformative power for Internet of Things, both in our day-to-day life, uh, but also in the insurance propositions we can offer to our customers. But I'm also pretty certain there's quite a few sceptics out there. Uh, There's quite a lot of challenges for us to overcome if we're going to make this work. So the approach I'm going to take over the next 15, 20 minutes is to be that healthy sceptic and and approach this from the challenges that, uh, that we need to overcome. So why Internet of Things? So I think Internet of Things has got us pointy-headed insurance people interested in it as a solution to a problem. And I think that's come about because two or three key drivers. So first of all is the perennial data arms race that you can't have a conference on general insurance without talking about. The, uh, the, I guess effectively the hunt for mass personalization of customer pricing. More recently, we see a trend towards seeking a goal of not actually asking customers any questions to get to that personalised price. So the conflict of accurate underwriting, individual pricing, without asking any questions. That means you have to look for data enrichment. Where can I get data enrichment? Well, maybe I can get it from devices that collect data that can uh, feed me a uh, uh, a source of data into my pricing. The third driver is uh, fear of missing out, or FOMO, as my uh, 11-year-old daughter tells me you call it. And so everyone else is talking about Internet of Things. I better have an Internet of Things strategy, so uh, let's do one. So we've all come to this uh, idea that Internet of Things is the answer. What I'm not convinced is, what is the question? And even more importantly, are customers asking it? I googled Internet of Things and Internet of Things presentations, and it's mandatory to have one of these, uh, which is the Internet of Things ecosystem. I'm not going to talk about that because I don't understand it, and I don't think it's orientated around the customer and what the customer needs. I'm going to come at this from the customer perspective, covering a couple of topics. So first of all, is there really a customer need for an Internet of Things solution? I'm going to also explore a point that Even if there was, is this really for insurance companies to be offering to our customers? And then thirdly, and and really briefly, I'm just going to touch on why we at the co-op are interested in the topic. So let's kick off with being no real user need. So uh, first of all, let's get a bit clear on what Internet of Things is. I'm going to talk about home, connected home. There's lots of other applications, you know, connected car, automated cars. Uh, health insurance, etc. I'm going to focus on connected home just to make the problem statement a little bit easier. This is the Samsung SmartThings solution. They're all broadly the same. I've got a set of devices that take data, feed those into a hub because it's connected to the internet, and then provide services to the end consumer uh, that uh, they hope is useful to them. So that's Samsung SmartThings. There's lots of other solutions out there. And then us insurance people think, aha, what's, uh, what's the use to us? Well, we can see the future of 
orange houses, uh, apparently, but uh, the future of houses that have a bunch of these data collecting sensors embedded in them, tracking sorts of things that are relevant to us with our risk hat on. So uh, smoke detection, security, occupancy, you know, is someone in the house, is someone in the house that should be in the house, weather warnings, flood water, you know, um, the classic one of pipes and whether there's things going on in my pipes that might give rise to a claim down the line. So we get really excited about this as insurers because it helps us believe that we can build a picture that's going on in a consumer's house that means we can offer relevant services to them. Who is this consumer, though? So I googled geek, and this is the guy that comes up, um, and I think there is a challenge that we're at that kind of point with Internet of Things where perhaps the niche that is interested in uh, uh, the, the solution is the geek. I asked a few geeks that I know whether they're interested in Internet of Things, and they are, but this is what they're doing. And whilst this looks like an uh, improvi improvised explosive device, it's actually one of our uh, digital guys' uh, homemade thermostat. So he's not interested in buying the Samsung shiny thermostat that's hooked up to the Internet. He's built his own because that's what he's interested in. Talk to another digital guy, and he's built his own front door lock that he can remote unlock uh, to let uh, the delivery man into his house when, uh, when he's out. Uh, the irony being that he's had to uninstall it because no one would insure him because it wasn't a five-lever mortise lock. Um, so the reality for this sector is, yeah, actually, is the uptake going to be with that, with that shiny thing? Now moving on to a few challenges with the proposition. So Internet of Things devices, very straightforward to fit into new build property, and you're seeing the property builders now install a lot of kit as standard that then will hook up uh, to the Internet. The property on the right-hand side slightly less new build and the challenge of retrofitting into the UK housing stock without it all just being devices that are sitting in your plug sockets uh, is a challenge to overcome. We then come to usability. This headline caught my eye a few weeks ago in the Times, man and, man and Wi-Fi kettle in 11-hour fight for cup of tea. And uh, the, I mean, the text is even better, so a foretaste of a dystopian future where man battles machine. But we have to acknowledge that this is the reality, that sometimes we get carried away with the shiny piece of technology, get it home, and actually getting this stuff to work is quite hard. Then even more topically, a couple of weeks ago, we saw Internet of Things devices being used as a denial-of-service attack on some of the, uh, the world's largest websites, Amazon, etc. The security concerns around these sort of solutions uh, is material. And I love Jeff Jarmok, a uh, uh, Internet security commentator's comment here about we've taken a certain... Uh, uh, a piece of our infrastructure that was um, built to withstand nuclear weapons and uh, made it uh, uh, vulnerable to attack by toasters. And then, uh, you know, and actually, the, so the consumer trust is uh, reasonably low here. So there's a view that we're going to share data off the back of it, um, and there's a view that hackers are going to compromise. And I think these trends are going up because of the uh, of recent uh, recent events. This is quite a complicated way of saying interest in how you use my data off the back of these devices is pretty high. I want to know what you're doing with my data. My trust is low, though. And then what was really interesting last week was uh, the Admiral proposition seeking to um, use customers' profile, uh, Facebook profiles to tailor the proposition. And you can see where the guys were coming from. This was about making it easy for customers, pre-populating quotes, tailoring the price and actually offering a better price based on You can see why this was you know, dreamt up in, uh, as, as a great proposition. The backlash was fascinating, though. So for a period of time, this was 
the lead story on the BBC website. And you know, are we reaching a tipping point in terms of consumers' concern about how our data is being used? Having said all that, if you save me money, I'm prepared to use it. So um, you know, this is data that says some 60% of customers are uh, prepared to share data if uh, it gives me discounts. Interestingly for us with an Internet of Things proposition hat on, and we'll come back to this, I'm also interested in sharing my data if it helps me get stuff done, if you solve problems with it. Am I interested in using smart technologies? People are. They don't necessarily know what they're talking about, but they, they, uh, they are interested in this, this sector. The sort of things they're interested in, though, are the sort of the, the, the kind of the adverts for the tech at the moment around controlling your thermostat from your, uh, from your phone while you're at work, controlling your lighting uh, from your phone. Um, some of the more uh, sort of esoteric uh, applications are less, people are less interested in. People are interested in this sort of thing if it saves them money. So 73, three quarters of people are interested in an energy tariff that has a smart thermostat as part of it in exchange for lower charges. Two-thirds of people will be interested in home insurance with smart security devices in exchange for lower premiums. Key points here, in exchange for lower premiums. So there has to be a value exchange for this sort of proposition to have uptake with customers. So on my first hypothesis, I'm going to assume that customer demand exists, but we need a proposition that tackles these points around it being opt-in. I am in control as the customer. I'm in control of what's happening to my data. It's got to be useful. It's got to help me solve problems. It's got to be simple. I don't want to be in an 11-hour battle with my kettle for a cup of tea. It's got to be flexible. So we can all envisage a scenario where I've got a Samsung this and a Philips that and an Apple that. How do, can all this stuff talk together? Can I install it in a way that makes it integrated? And then most importantly, it has to be value-creating. And I'm going to explore that value-creating point uh, now. So um, if we're going to create value for the consumer, we need to think beyond insurance. Let's look at a couple of propositions that are out there at the moment. So I love the John Lewis insurance model. I think it's a great customer proposition. And mo more, more recently, uh, they've moved to giving away a free Nest uh, piece of technology that you get with every policy. A couple of ways of looking at this. So this is either the next generation of the free Karcher pressure washer with every policy that uh, insurers have been knocking out since Adam was a lad, or it's a genuine move in the proposition towards uh, you know, helping you uh, have a broader um, uh, Internet of Things solution that your insurance is just part of. And I think you can see some of the latter going on here. So the language that John Lewis are using around reassurance I think you can see this as a first step towards a more integrated proposition. In contrast that with the NEOS uh, model, uh, which is a much more integrated Internet of Things uh, proposition. And the guys here, they're, first of all, they're talking about the smart technology. We're going to give you a bunch of devices that would retail at 600 quid plus, and you're going to get to put those in your home, and that will help you monitor what's going on. We've got an emergency helpline if anything goes wrong. Oh, and by the way, there's insurance at the back end. So insurance is really taking a back seat in this customer proposition. Let's come back to how we create value. So we know what we do as insurers. When things go wrong, we put them right, and we uh, uh, customers are prepared to pay us for the privilege of that. Typical economics on insurance. I've scraped some data off the ABA website. 
uh, typically 300 pounds, buildings and contents, claims 50% of that. Never ceases to amaze me that we managed to spend 45% of the premium on ourselves running our businesses, and then a split there of the perils that, uh, that typically we pay out on, and uh, we create, uh, create value for customers out of that. How's this going to change in a post-IoT world? Well, I've circled the perils that I think have material likelihood of, of reducing in cost. So fire, you can imagine that if you've got IoT connected, smoke detection, then you can get to fire more quickly, you can reduce the severity of it. Weather, the Internet of Things does not promise to prevent weather, but it enables you to take action more quickly. So flood alerts, get the property, uh, get your, your possessions upstairs. Escape of water is the poster boy for Internet, uh, um, uh, Internet of Things, so detecting leaks on your pipes before uh, the ceiling caves in to enable preventative action. So there's a bunch of the perils that I think can materially reduce with the right proposition. There's some that won't. So theft, you know, people say, well, well maybe surely it's going to reduce theft. Well, the average burglar's in a house for less than a minute, so I think what an Internet of Things device does is potentially let you watch the burglar from uh, the comfort of your office, but it doesn't necessarily reduce the, uh, the severity or the likelihood of it happening. What's going to happen to the other aspects of uh, the value chain? So for sure, we potentially can reduce the uh, claims costs, which enables us to reduce premiums, to uh, provide value to customers, but maybe our expenses are going to go north because, you know, this tech isn't cheap, uh, so, you know, really, really, on a 300 quid pre premium where we're paying 50% in claims and we're only attacking, you know, maybe half of the peril cost, can we really create enough value out of that to make it compelling for customers? So, therefore, I think this is about extending the value chain. This is about taking it beyond the classic, it's gone wrong, we'll put it right. And we take that into before the claim happens and after the claim happens, but we maybe don't solve the problem for you. And I think with Internet of Things, I think pre-claims the really interesting area for us. So if you look at the home services market, home services market is worth about £50 billion uh, pounds at the moment, of which half is on home maintenance. I believe Internet of Things allows us to uh, develop propositions that allows us to tap into that, uh, that, proposition, uh, that, that sector, providing maintenance solutions prior to anything going wrong through monitoring of your house. What does that... Uh, look like well, uh, you know. Actually, before I come on to that, the the home maintenance market is is under quite a lot of disruption by either peer-to-peer -peer business models or you know rated trader that sort of thing. So people are going there and disrupting that that model. Uh, if we want to uh, access it as insurers, we need to move pretty quickly. So what do I think a IoT-enabled customer proposition might look like? Uh, well, I think it might bring a bunch of these things that I've touched on together. So first of all, the idea of providing the tech, installing it for you if you're not comfortable with that, and then monitoring it. It provides emergency response if, if should anything go wrong, we'll get to you quickly. Uh, it provides a supply of home, emergency, uh, home maintenance services so that before anything goes wrong, we can help you take care of that. That kind of, I just don't know where to get a plumber from problem. We think at the co-op, the idea of a job marketplace is really interesting. Actually, echoes a point Matthew made earlier around helping you connect to people that can do stuff for you. So the bloke five doors down that's got a set of ladders and is a dab hand at uh, clearing your gutters, we can connect you up to him uh, to uh, take action that will stop weather damage. And then right at the back end, we'll provide insurance should anything go wrong. And that's the point, isn't it, at the back end. So insurance is the bit that's not core to this proposition. And of the other four areas, 
And I think the key thing for us to think about is this is where the customer relationship will exist. The customer relationship will exist with these people that are providing the services up front, not the insurer at the back end who is providing risk-carrying capacity. So my hypothesis is we need to be building ecosystems, partnerships, echo the point from this morning, that bring all these services together. Otherwise, the danger for us as insurers is we become irrelevant, which might be okay for some of us. Some of us might be really happy with the risk-carrying element of our business model. Uh, the co-op, for example, that's not what we're happy about. You know, we're a, we're a business, a, a customer-facing business, and that's, uh, that's critical to us to maintain. So that's just some thoughts on where the proposition might go. Why is co-op interested in this? Why, why are we looking at it? Just touch on this briefly. So uh, here are our first uh, agile pioneers. So these were the guys that set up the co-op uh, 162 years ago. Quite a lot of facial hair going on. They're probably fitting pretty well around Shoreditch and all that these days. Um, but these guys invented a new business model. I'd argue it is the uh, quintessential peer-to-peer -peer business model in terms of sharing rewards with consumers. And the co-op has a proud history of pioneering, uh, including remarkably the, the first uh, self-service supermarket, uh, which uh, was a new one on me recently. So uh, we're proud history of pioneering, which we're now seeking get to get back to our roots on, albeit in the more traditional way. So we've got the traditional uh, tools of post-it notes, cups of tea and laptops. Um, and uh, we're uh, seeking to create new markets that uh, essentially the co-op can uh, thrive in. We're relaunching the co-op. We've relaunched it around our members, the 5 million members of the co-op, and orientating it on the communities in which they live. And that's the key point here. So things that I was talking about earlier, like job marketplace, uh, about connecting you to people that can help you solve problems, that's about community. That's what the co-op's about. So we're really excited that the family of businesses we have within the co-op can enable us to knit together this proposition that I, I think you know I gave some insight into where it might go uh, earlier. Um, we're really excited. Um, I hope you are excited for the potential of Internet of Things. I hope I've given a little bit of, of insight into, uh, into where it might go and you know, some food of thought for your own businesses. I guess if I was to close, uh, I'd say these five things. I'd say the potential's massive, um, but so are the challenges. So some of the things about data security, about how my data is used, about whether customers really are interested in this stuff. I think those challenges are pretty big, so uh, we've got to work hard on that. The core point is focusing on the user. So many times, the user, I don't know why I wrote user, the customer, uh, I got a bit too agile there. The, uh, focusing on the customer. The, uh, you know, so many times you, we, we look like we've got a solution in need of a problem, and I think we've got to focus on the customer. Extending the value chain beyond that traditional insurance uh, uh, value chain is core to creating value because otherwise we're just not sure the economics stack up, frankly. And then I think the key is uh, developing partnerships because we're not experts at all this stuff um, and there's plenty of other people who have components of that. You need to bring your brand and uh, your, the trust your customers have to those partnerships in order to succeed. Gosh, I talked fast then, didn't I? That was a, a whistle-stop tour of uh, things we're thinking about. Um, I hope that was useful. Really interested in if anyone's got any thoughts on that or any, indeed, any questions. Thank you very much, James. Yes, thank you. <laughs> and spot on time, too. Very yeah. good. So, any questions? Please just raise your hand. Well, right at the back, please. It's, we probably don't need a Shout. microphone. It's quite a... 
formalism. So it's, it's the fact that you're measuring activity within the home or within the lifestyle kind of plays well into the hourly insurance, the lift rating, the umbrella policy stuff. Yeah, I think that's right. If you take if you take Internet of Things in its broadest sense, so I focus on connected home, but for example, the healthcare applications are massive. I think all of this instant data collection lends it very well to pay as you go, pay how you behave um, sort of models. And you can see people knitting different elements together. So the, uh, you know, I only need cover for my gadgets when I'm doing this, but now I'm doing that, I don't need it. I think you'll, yes, in, in short answer. Thank you. Next question. Also, okay, from my point of view, just one of the things, uh, all this in the internet of the home, in particular, it's all going via the hub. Who owns that data? <laughs> and how much yeah. are you going to have to pay for that? Or will they try and not send it to you because they want to use it for something else? I don't know. Have we got any data lawyers in the room <laughs> that uh, want to take that? I think ownership of data is uh, one of the key issues to solving the proposition. I think you have to think of this from the perspective of the customer owns the data. I think everyone loves talking about owning data, actually. It's the customer's data, and we need models that allow the customer to say who they're prepared to share their data with for what reason. Okay, thank, thank you. you very much.